Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese, And I'm Laura Brodnick. And thank God you alerted me to these Insta stories last night or else I wouldn't have been prepared for this deep dive today. Well, it's all about Ruby Rose. She put forward a heap of new allegations on her Instagram last night, all about her hit TV show, even going as far to say that she is in fear of her life. We're going to go through these allegations today, but before we do so, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Okay, kicking things off today, and guys, I'm going to try and keep this quick because I could make a documentary about this news, <laughs> but we'll see how we go. So it's been confirmed that Ryan Gosling is in the final negotiations to play Ken in the upcoming Barbie live-action film, which means that this movie might actually finally be happening. So if you're not across the Barbie live-action movie backstory, or origin story as we'll call it, allow me to catch you up. So there was a time when movies like Transformers and the Lego movie based on toys were doing huge business at the box office. And so Sony decided to approach Mattel about a Barbie movie, which made sense. And then the project kind of became cursed and it kept making headlines for all the turbulence going on behind the scenes. So originally Jenny Bix, a former Sex and the City writer, was attached. And then they brought in Diablo Cody, who was known for movies like Juno, to come on and give the script a rewrite and make it more feminist and funny because they were obviously worried about the connotations around a Barbie movie. Diablo Cody then famously walked away from the movie because she said, and I quote, I failed so hard at that project. I was literally incapable of writing a Barbie script. So then Sony decided to go all Hunger Games on the situation. They threw that original script out and instead hired three separate writers to write three separate scripts with the idea the best one would win. Then we get into the casting news. So back in 2016, Amy Schumer was reportedly set to take on the role because she was having a huge success with movies at the time, and that was meant to be quite ingenious casting. Then she backed out for unknown reasons in 2017. Then Anne Hathaway was said to be her replacement, and there were huge headlines about her taking on the role before she too walked away from the project. Then Greta Gerwig, who I'm sure everyone knows from Lady Bird and Little Women and her partner and also director Noah Bombash, were brought on to do the script and everyone was like, okay, these are the hands that can save this movie. And then Greta Gerwig was officially signed on to direct the movie and Margot Robbie was cast in the somewhat cursed role of Barbie and everyone was like, that makes sense, she'll be amazing. Enter Ryan Gosling, now he's in the mix and this movie might actually happen But don't hold your breath because all this stuff, allegedly, I should say, before Sony comes after me, because all this stuff has happened behind the scenes and it has been a wild ride up until this point. Well, from one famous blonde to another, actress Jamie Lynn Spears is opening up about what was really going on behind the scenes when she found out that she was pregnant in 2007 at the age of 16. So in exclusive excerpts obtained by TMZ from her upcoming book titled Things I Should Have Said, 
Jamie Lynn details the events that unfolded after she told her parents, so Jamie and Lynn, lol, and her management that she was pregnant. So she alleges that people within her inner circle, she doesn't say who specifically, but she says, quote, came into my room trying to convince me that having a baby at this point in my life was a terrible idea. It will kill your career. You're just too young. You don't know what you're doing. There are pills you can take. We can help you take care of this problem. I know a doctor. Everyone around me just wanted to make the, quote, issue disappear. Everyone was certain that termination would be the best course of action. So at the time, just to kind of paint the picture, she had just wrapped the final season of Nickelodeon Zoe 101, had gone back home to Louisiana, and six months later found out that she was pregnant but didn't realize, and at the time she was auditioning for Twilight along young actresses like Lily Collins. So she revealed that after she spoke to her team and parents that her phone was taken away from her to stop any communication outside that inner circle, and she was even told that she wasn't allowed to tell her sister Brittany. She said, I needed her more than ever, and she wasn't able to help me in my most vulnerable time. To this day, the hurt of not being able to tell my sister still lingers. So after it was clear that she wasn't going to go through with the termination, she says that she and her father then got into quite a heated argument about the baby as he was pushing her to then move forward with an adoption. She said that they were slinging words and tossing insults, which just seems unreal considering that she was 16 pregnant and her dad's like having this crazy argument with her poor thing. So eventually everyone kind of got on the same level as Jamie Lynn and were like, okay, you're keeping this baby. And that's when her team sought out the exclusive agreement with OK Magazine. So the agreement included an announcement story. And then later they gave the first images of the baby who is called Maddie, who's actually now 13, which is quite wild to think about. But until that announcement story broke in OK, Jamie Lynn revealed that she hid out in a cabin with her mom and what she believes was Connecticut but had no idea until that story was published. She said that they spent a Thanksgiving together and that, quote, mama wore her disappointment like her favorite jacket. So we know that during this pregnancy and after the birth, she was just a huge target for intense judgment and tabloid scrutiny. It was like Britney's little sister gone wild. But to know just kind of that she also lacked the support of her family and team is quite crazy to think about. Like, of course, you know that that would be happening because it's business and there's lots of money involved. And, you know, the career at that time, you wouldn't imagine that she'd go on to be able to do anything, which is ridiculous. But it certainly gives you some context about the trauma that she also experienced growing up as a Spears. Yeah, it's some of the stuff coming out in this book is wild. And it's so interesting that it's coming out at a time where Jamie Lynn Spears has really been painted as a villain. I mean, we've talked about some of the things that have been said about her on the show before, but people are calling for her to be fired from her Netflix show because of her involvement in covering up, like allegedly covering up what happened to Britney Spears. Big charities are returning donations that she's made from her book because they say they don't want to profit off the blood money of Britney Spears. There's this real hatred towards her. And I think this is kind of a good wake-up call that she was also just a bit of a cash cow as a teenager with all these adults trying to make money off her. And she too was locked away. I think it's just because she wasn't making as much money as Britney Spears or there was a few other things happening behind the scenes that she didn't really go into that full lockdown conservatorship like Britney Spears did. But being taken and hidden away for being pregnant, like that is some old school crazy stuff happening right there. Yeah, some like 50s, 60s. Like, yeah, that being, was like sent not okay. away to a family friend or something. Yeah, I've gone on holiday. Anyway, the book is due to be released in early January next year, so I'm sure that there'll be lots of juicy bits before then as well. 
Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. So last week we reported that former Batwoman actress Ruby Rose had made allegations against Warner Brothers, the network behind the hit series, alleging that it was a dangerous and abusive workplace and that's why she surprisingly walked away from the show after one year in the starring role. Then Warner Brothers released a statement refuting all the allegations and said the real story was that they did not pick up Ruby Rose's option for an additional season because of multiple complaints about her and her workplace behaviour that were extensively reviewed by the studio. In her allegations, Ruby also called out her former Batwoman co-star, Dougree Scott, saying that he was abusive on set, a claim that both he and the network have refuted. So following the release of those statements, yesterday, Ruby Rose really doubled down on these allegations, posting a huge series of emails between herself, the bosses on Batwoman, the showrunner and her own management team, all detailing alleged behavior that had happened on set. Her complaints, their replies was very extensive. She posted them all on her Instagram stories. So many of the screenshots detail in particular an injury Ruby Rose suffered around the time of filming and the extensive surgery that followed along with talk about an investigation into their workplace injury and also the handling of the injury by the team around Batwoman, which also coincided when she was doing all the press for the first season of Batwoman, which was a huge amount. She was doing radio spots and TV gigs and she was flying all over different countries doing magazine shoots and covers all while she was in recovery. And I think that's kind of the bit that's really blown out. So Key, you and I were reading through all these Instagram stories and messaging last night like crazy because there were just so many different allegations here. Oh, I know. It was one after the other and it just seemed more and more shocking with each slide. It was very clear from the grabs of the emails that she was sharing that there was definitely an element of manipulation there and disregards about the type of injury that she had and the length of time that she really needed to recover. I think the most shocking example of this was a slide that she put up, which had a still image from her interview on the late night show with Jimmy Fallon. And in the picture, she has circled the kind of scar from where she's had her surgery, which is located on her neck. So it was a spinal injury, which just is horrific. And the text that she's written reads, this is worse than you think. I had a doctor inject me with God knows what to keep me awake for Fallon and a script I could not stray from. Rewatch these videos and it all makes sense. And I did go and rewatch that interview and she's so stiff and super rehearsed and just understanding the context that she is providing us with. It does seem very bad. Yeah, exactly, because she was really called out publicly at the time with people saying that she was a bad choice for such an iconic character and such a momentous TV role of having the first kind of gay superhero have their own leading role in a big network TV show like that. So hearing the stories behind what was happening during that press run at the time is really interesting. And we should say, obviously, we're not saying her allegations are true or what Warner Brothers have said is true. They've both put out very different claims backed by different people. We don't know. We're just kind of talking about what's out 
there in the world at the moment. And in all of these emails that she has screenshot and put up, it was talking about the fact that she was in recovery from the surgery. She had to fly and do a magazine cover. And then she put up screenshots where, again, she circled all those scars on her body and saying, I had to go and do this big magazine cover and everything while I was recovering from this really intensive surgery. She also put up screenshots alleging that she'd been hurt on set also on her face. Did you see those? She said a knife flew near my eye, cut me. I was getting cut from the mask. There was allegations about the air quality. So much in there. We can't actually go into all of it. And I think one of the reasons we wanted to talk about is I've never seen a star of a big TV show like that come out with this amount of allegations and this amount of emails and just put it all out there. And it's just made so many headlines. There are so many blogs that have been set up now to live document everything she's saying, because obviously it's all on Instagram stories. Some of them she took down immediately. Some of them obviously just expire after 24 hours. But it is building to this huge kind of momentous thing about how people are treated on these types of TV shows that we know do have very long hours and extreme conditions. Yeah, that was the thing that really shocked me because I know you've talked about the crazy schedules of television before and I've heard actresses talk about it and just understanding what's really expected of you in these kind of like CW shows. Like that was what was really eye-opening for me. Like she talked about the fact that there was this big shoot that involved all of like, I'm not going to say this right and Laura's going to get really mad at me, the universe, whatever the universe. The universe crossovers. Sorry. Look, I know this is some nerd bullshit that I buy into, but – from a money-making TV perspective, so the Arrowverse is all the shows in that kind of DC universe. Yes. There's so many. Every year they do a crossover episode, and that was actually in her messages. She said they're trying to do this investigation during crossover time. That's the busiest time of the year because that's when all the shows come together. You have all the characters from every TV show in episodes together, which is a huge thing to bring all of these shows together. And all the people who have worked on those shows before have said it's crazy. They're working extra hours. They're working with crews they don't normally know. It's the biggest part of all of these shows, their whole season. It's where shows end. It's where major characters always die. So it would be the most intense time. And that's why she was saying in those emails, alleging that they put the investigation around then so that people could be less focused on it. Yeah, right. That is so interesting. I thought just them talking about the fact that they were shooting that Entertainment Weekly cover with all of the stars for that and then they ended up giving her her own separate one. They could try and work to her schedule but still insisted that she drive even though she wasn't able to drive herself and she had to wear like a neck brace. But the fact that she was writing to them and saying, you know, do these journalists know about my injury? The fact that she wasn't actually allowed to disclose that I thought was really crazy as well. And obviously an investigation is underway, so I get that that does have to stay relatively secret. But it's clear that she's been in pain for so long and had to keep up, you know, the crazy schedule of filming, the crazy schedule of promotion, the crazy schedule of trying to keep this big thing that's happened to her under wraps as well. Like, it's kind of a perfect storm for someone to just throw their hands up and be like, I cannot do this anymore. It's a lot to put on one person. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the network hasn't responded to these new allegations very much yet, but I'm sure they will. And who knows what their kind of side of the story will be. But the other interesting thing about this that everyone's talking about, and that is kind of quite concerning, Mm -hmm. is that she's now also alleging that she's had to go into hiding because after she put up this whole slew of emails with all these comments, like the biggest allegations someone in that position can make against the TV show, she then did a screenshot kind of panning around like almost a campsite with a fire or something like that. And she said, I can live here longer than the threat to my life. 
Okay, this blew my mind because I got to this slide and I was like, oh, this looks like she's in the woods. And then I was like, ding, ding, ding. On yesterday's episode, when I was doing preparation for the Meadow Walker segment, one of the photos that she put up from her wedding had Ruby Rose in it. They're apparently really great friends. And on it, she had commented, how lucky I am to have been there and shared this special day with you. And then she did another comment underneath saying, off back to the woods I go. And I was like, what does she mean by back off to the woods I go? So she literally meant I'm going back to hide in the woods. Oh, you know why she was there? I'm assuming is because Vin Diesel cast her in one of his like big movies. Yes. He was the one who was like really instrumental in her casting and they did heaps of press together. And they're I really did watch close that now. movie long. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> and so maybe in like, obviously Vin Diesel's like a father to Meadow Walker. So maybe that's how they, you know. Thank you for solving that. I was very I know, adopted daughters it. of Vin Diesel. What a cute club. And And then, this is the last piece of the puzzle. Now, I think this has been taken down from Ruby Rose's Instagram story, but I did screenshot it because everyone's talking about this particular. This is the very last slide she put up, and it says, After talking to so many people and having advice thrown at me by people who have been here, I want to say right now, if anything happens to me, no matter what it seems like, I am alive and here. So if one day I'm not, it's not me. Please investigate. So obviously that was a bit of a mic drop and I'm not sure kind of where the conversation has gone from then, but we just know that this really is making headlines today. Yeah, it's quite shocking. I mean, allegations are one thing, but to be in fear of your life is, I mean, that's something that's really concerning. So I really just hope that she's okay. Yeah, I hope she has some people around her. I feel like that would be what you need right now. Yeah, she should not be in the woods alone under any circumstances. It's not safe. Well, obviously, this is still a bit of an evolving situation, so um, we'll keep you updated with what happens next. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Remember, you can get some behind-the-scenes goss of what really goes down on The Spill if you hop onto Instagram and you follow us at Laura underscore Brodnick and at Key Reese. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Maddie Joanno with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.